APU. American Public University is proud to present the following podcast. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Candace Boyd Wyatt. The goal of this podcast is to highlight our local heroes in our community who are champions of important issues affecting us all on both a national and international scale. Today, we're going to add to that very important discussion happening on the national and international stage regarding the importance of starting your own business. Today, my guest is Dr. Nicole Kamak. She's a global speaker and she's a licensed clinical psychologist in the state of Maryland. She received a bachelor's degree from Howard University and both a master's and doctorate degree from George Washington University. She's also completed a postdoctoral fellowship with the National Center for the School of Mental Health at the University of Maryland Baltimore School of Medicine. Dr. Kamak also provides mental health services to veterans as a program manager and lead in an integrated primary care setting. She is the chair of the Psychology Diversity Training Subcommittee and serves on several psychology leadership councils at the Washington DC VA Medical Center. Last but not least, she's an active member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, and she serves on the executive board of the Washington DC alumni chapter. She enjoys traveling and loves spending time with her daughter and family. So again, Dr. K. Mack, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. There are so many critical conversations happening today that encourage people to start their own business. And with your expertise and your background, you've been a successful business owner for several years. And I'm sure today's audience can benefit from you sharing your story. So can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I am a licensed clinical psychologist and I currently provide individual group and couples therapy to veterans in a medical center um, in the Washington, D.C. area. The other thing that I do is I, along with four other colleagues, founded Black Mental Wellness, which is a corporation of licensed clinical psychologists. And we really work just to change the stigma of mental health in the Black community. And so that's where I feel I've learned all of the ins and outs mistakes while starting a business. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I think this topic is so timely because especially with the COVID-19 global pandemic, we're realizing the importance of mental health, not only with starting your business, but just making sure that people are in that correct space. And like you said, it's important to address many of the stigmas that we have in our society. So could you start by talking about some of the challenges or problems you encountered in the business world? I always tell people in psychology, they teach you how to be a psychologist. They teach you how to be a researcher, how to work in academia, but they don't teach you how, you know, the business of psychology, which is interesting because a large number of psychologists also have businesses as you think about private practices and consulting jobs and other 
mental health related businesses. And so the first lessons learned sort of came with how do we even set up this business? What is the best type of company to set up for what we wanted to do? So what we ended up doing was getting a lawyer and she sort of walked us through a lot of the business basics. Like I feel like it was business 101 because we're learning like, oh, there's a difference between an LLC and a S corporation and which one would be a better fit for us. And so really going through what we wanted to do, sitting with the lawyer and figuring out the structure of the business, which, you know, a lot of that stuff as we were going through, it was like, oh, If we had these lessons while we were in school, we could have saved some money (laughs) with paying someone to teach us at this point. So there were a lot of things in terms of structuring the business. And then we made a lot of mistakes in terms of like, we made assumptions like, well, it's our first year. We're still setting things up. We don't really need an accountant at this point because we're not making money. We're a S corporation. And so we were putting money into the company and there were all of these like mistakes we made in terms of how do you set up your financial accounts? How do you track the money that you're putting into the company from month to month? How do you know so that you can see what are the costs to run the company? What are those monthly costs that we have once we started having money come in? You know, how are you tracking that? What is an investment in the company? What is profit? You know, how do you pay taxes? We had people on our team that are in different states. And so really having to know like, oh, wait, we did this for D.C., but it may look very different for someone who lives in Michigan. And what does that look like? So a lot of those early mistakes that we made, I feel like it cost us a lot of money to correct because we ended up getting an accountant who then had to, it was almost like go back and fix every mistake that we made. So as I talk to people who are thinking about starting a business, and then I always say to my team and to myself, if we start anything else, you're going to do it. We should learn from our mistakes. This is what you should do. You know, start with figuring out what type of company you're opening. And then it is important to talk to an accountant to have some sort of, even if it's just consultation in the beginning, how do you set up those accounts your financial management, what is the plan? You know, what are the tax? uh, Oh my goodness, that was another thing. But what are the different tax requirements based on your company structure? How often do you have to pay? Like all of those things that we did that first year where we were like, we're not making money. It's not important yet. It was important. And we ended up paying double to get it corrected. You raised some great points that just one, sit down with a professional, maybe a lawyer to just walk you through it. And then the importance of having some type of accounting structure from the very beginning. I want to talk on one thing that you said in your response. And you said, I wish I had known these things earlier. I wish I had learned these things maybe when I was in school. So let's touch on that for a second. So given your background and given what you know now, what are some of those theories and concepts that you learned in the classroom that you are using today? And maybe what are some of those things that you learned that you're not using today? So clinical psychology at the doctoral level, it's a little different. Like, I think what there was... I shouldn't say it in this way, but there are not a lot of skills in terms of setting up a business that I learned from my education in that way. Like we didn't touch on it. We didn't talk about, you know, if you want to start a private practice, what do you do? What are the steps? And we didn't talk about 
you know, the financial components or looking at the market or thinking about who is your audience that you're trying to target and what does that look like? What services do you provide? So those things we never touched on. What I do feel that my background provided me with was I know psychology. I know clinical psych. I know mental health. I know the challenges of treating mental health in the Black community. And so my expertise came in my background and knowing what we want to do, you know, like in terms of what the business will address, how we're going to set up this information. We knew how we wanted to plan and think in the forward of this is year one, this is year two, this is year three. So I think some of the skills, and we always say this, like it's four PhDs. And one thing we're taught in that process is how to think. So you're always thinking critically about what the business will do. What I did not learn was how to do the business, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So what I'm hearing is they taught you what to do to be a successful psychologist, but not to be necessarily a successful entrepreneur. Exactly. Okay, great. So then based on that, then what changes do you think should be made to curriculum to make students, either at the undergraduate or even the graduate level, more business savvy? There should be a class, right? Like, I just feel like looking at it, and I know I'm speaking just from psychology, but if you think about like the amount of people who, even if you go into academia or if you work in, you know, any other setting, a lot of psychologists still have a private practice where they see patients or clients on the side. There should be a class, like how do you conduct business in your field? What does that look like? What's an entrepreneur 101? What are the basics of running a business that you should know? And it should be a requirement. And I remember as we paid the lawyer extra money because we are always wanting to learn and knowing that we will use these skills again. So she gave us two options. She gave us an option where she would set everything up for us and we pay one fee or we pay a higher fee where she took us through an entrepreneur jumpstart program where we learn during each step where she would video us and we would see why we made a decision to file the company this way. What are the articles of incorporation? You know, how do you file the procedure to get a um, your federal tax numbers and all of those things? She taught us that. So we essentially paid for that initial class. And I wish that programs would think about that. That you, you know, you don't just teach the information and how to do whatever the field specialty is, but how do you teach someone to take that and turn it into a business? So I always said I wish I could have taken like if I could go back when I was in school, if it were possible, I would have taken a business class just to learn the basics. Okay, I think that's great. So what I'm hearing is to paraphrase it another way is that sometimes you have street skills, sometimes you have school skills or business skills. So there's different skill sets that you need when you start your own business. Okay. So then based on that, what would you say are some of the critical soft skills that are needed to start your own business? Um, What do you mean by soft skills? Sorry. So usually there's soft skills and hard skills. So what I'm hearing from you is hard skills you can learn in the classroom. It's the, you know, how to be a clinical psychologist You can learn that in a classroom, but there's some soft skills about owning your own business and making your own way that maybe aren't as a parent. So what would be some of those soft skills that are needed to start your own business? I think some of it is for us, 
And I do think that some of these may have overlapped with being in the program and just knowing what it takes to get through that doctoral process. So some of that, and even when I selected or reached out to people to collaborate with on this business, was knowing what is their work ethic. For some of the team members, we worked with the same advisor from the same program. So I know like her toughness, I knew her expectations, and I knew that those people had that same mindset as me, that if it requires us to work late or to have a last minute meeting or to go the extra mile, that they would do that. And being able to do that in the beginning where there was no money. So our first year was all about laying the foundation. How do we build this company up so that when they reach out to us, when opportunities come up, we're already solid. Knowing that people all had leadership skills, there are four of us, but each person is a leader in their different areas of expertise or specialty. And knowing that because of those skills and their experiences, that they also would be like forward thinking. So we couldn't just think about, you know, even when we started out, our first meeting is like, okay, here is where we are now. But what would this look like one year from now, three years from now, five years from now? And we need to make that plan. So already being forward thinking, having that team approach and really wanting to work with other people, sharing that same mission. And then I think it was just important to have people who could see the vision and share that same vision together, because when it gets difficult or you're tired or it feels like, you know, we're doing all of this work, is this going to pay off? You need people to give you that reminder of this is why we're doing that. This is the outcomes that we're seeing from that. Keep pushing. So problem solving skills, because every time we would do something, we would encounter something, some problem would come up and it's just being able to, how are you flexible enough to deal with that? How do you pivot so that you address the problem, redirect if you need to modify the plan? Those were all the skills and the things that I do think going through graduate school provided us. Because you go through that in your process, you know, you make these huge plans about, oh, I'll be finishing this amount of time and my dissertation will look like this. And it didn't work that way. And so being able to apply all of that to the business, it really came down to as well, just doing the work, being dependable to each other, communicating with one another. So those are some of the other skills I think are very important. But what I was hearing or that connecting piece in all the skills that you mentioned was people. So it's the skills that you need to work with people to move forward and to start your own business. And sometimes those people skills, either hard to teach or that it's just not taught. That has to be something within you because it's all about those relationships. And one more thing I do want to add is understanding when you don't have the knowledge or if you don't have that expertise that you can connect with the people who do and not feeling, you know, threatened or ashamed by that, but just really being wise enough to connect yourself to the people who can help you where you don't have those strengths. That was really insightful. So we're going to take a moment and pause and we'll be back right after this commercial break. Today's corporate world requires talented professionals who quickly rise to meet business needs on a global scale. At American Public University, we'll teach you how to meet the needs of domestic or international businesses. Take the next step and apply online at study at apu.com. Welcome back. 
We are speaking to Dr. Nicole Kamak today. So let's kind of stay on the people aspect, because if you meet people and you have to go out to people to ask questions and to get clarification, working with people is is sometimes challenging um, because even though we work in a diverse and, and sometimes inclusive environment, you know, there's also challenges and there's sometimes biases. So what are some of the biases that you have encountered when it comes to starting your own business, either as an African-American female or just trying to start a business in an area of clinical psychology. Can you also suggest how one can identify any type of biases and how do they address these issues? I probably thought it was going to be a lot easier than what it was to do it. Like it was just one of those things where we didn't know what we didn't know. You know, you hear about businesses that, you know, how many don't make it after the first year or you hear about, oh, with us having a group of four. Well, we started we actually started out with five women and having people say like, oh, starting a business with five women, it'll be a lot of cattiness and fights or people are not going to get along like people actually thought these things. And to speak to both of those, one, so we thought, you know, oh, we hear where businesses could fail. That would never happen to us. But as you learn all the pieces that it takes to truly start a business and to keep it going and to have it be successful, you better pay attention to those things, right? Like there's a reason that information is out there if you want to prevent that from happening to you. So I think it opened our eyes very quickly and like maybe we were a little bit too optimistic, but we need to think about and address some of those challenges that could come. And then as it came to having a team of women and people wanting, you know, why would you do that? And all of these things, I was also intentional about picking people that I knew or had a personal connection with, whether it was professionally or just personally, because I wanted that team appearance of like, this is what mental health looks like. But also something that we did was we made sure for as much as we nurture and foster our business, that we nurture and foster our relationships with one another, because none of that other stuff is going to matter if we're not cohesive as a team. And so pre-COVID, what we would do, we had to be intentional about at least twice a year, we're going to all get together and it's going to be about the relationships. And that doesn't include like other ways that we still connect. But that was some of the things that people sort of like questioned us about, like you need a man on the team or you need to balance it out. And it's like, or we could just This is what we want and we can figure out how to make that work. And then with having five women, that also means, you know, like family planning and things change. And one of our co-founders actually had some family changes. Like she had a second baby. She got a promotion on her job. And it was like having to look at that and say, I can't give in the same way to the company But having our support because we had worked on building these relationships to be able to say, of course, take care of your family and do those things. So those are some of the things maybe we were a bit too confident and thought that business was easy because we could do everything. And then I know like people looked at us and questioned us being a group of women and what that would really turn out to be. I've read articles where they've said that more business loans are given to people where the the CEO or the face of the company looks a certain way. But at the same time, you're reading statistics about who 
what demographic or what group is starting their own business more than anyone else, and it's African-American women. So that's that dichotomy that I see from my vantage point is that, well, you know, if the loans and the opportunities are only going to certain groups, but you have more people in disenfranchised groups starting their own business, what does that mean for the landscape of entrepreneurship? So I think what you said was really, really important that many times in companies, regardless if it's public or private, it's all about the work or the work product. And I think it's refreshing to hear, especially when it comes to a group of clinical psychologists, that you're taking time for the group dynamic to make sure that the team itself is prepared for whatever the future may bring. So as we start to wrap up, what are some resources that you've used in the past to help individuals either start their business or just become more business savvy when it comes to entrepreneurship? I took a step back. And as we were going through that first year, I listened to podcasts. Yes. If you listen, it's interesting because this one podcast in particular, and then it sort of led me to listen to other podcasts about entrepreneurs, about starting a business, about women in business. And then I think too, probably because I'm a psychologist, the story gets me like, that's how my brain connects. That's what I understand. It helps me to think about, oh, how can I take that piece and add it to me? But this one podcast is Side Hustle Pro. And it talks about Especially it was, it's a podcast about black women who started their business and it started as a side hustle while they still had their main job. And that's exactly, you know, where we were at the time. And the beauty of it was that each week they would have a different person talk about their experiences with starting a business. Where did they make their mistakes? What did they wish they had known? What books did they read or do they read now? what they did well, what helped them to launch this business. And I literally took notes every week, like, oh, you can have a landing page before you start a business so people know that it's coming. Oh, you can do this. And it was like just little tidbits about starting that business that helped me a lot. So that was like a huge resource. And again, I think for myself, it was going through that entrepreneur jumpstart program, which was essentially like a class. There are also like people who have, and I don't have with me right now, unfortunately, sorry, um, like the titles, but it might be here. There are people who have like eBooks. So you can read a quick eBook on if there's a particular aspect of your company that you're working on at the time. So I did things like that. I listened to podcasts and then I asked people when I had questions, I asked people who had the background. So if there was a legal aspect, I went to my friends or attorneys or asked them, do you know someone we can talk to about this? And part of that too, is you have to also be willing to pay people for their expertise. If that's what, you know, if it's a consulting type of setup, but I asked people and then, you know, we talked to the attorney. She said, you need um, an accountant. The accountant talked to us about, oh, you also need to think about trademarking. The website developer would give us different aspects like, oh, you need to think about, you know, these things when you're setting up a website. So we were able to put him with our lawyer. So it was a really a lot of like learning as we went and using these resources to get us there. Not like a traditional, we didn't, we did not take a traditional route by far. We're still not taking a traditional route. Yeah. (laughs) And I just tell people, follow your intuition, like, Part of where I feel like we've been able to find success is we always followed what we know. And again, we just find the people to help us get there when we need that. 
Absolutely. Um, I, a shameless plug mm-hmm. for the podcast. I listen to podcasts as well. And again, I don't, I don't want to necessarily say the wrong name for a podcast, but I think what's really great about a podcast is that you can listen to it at yes. your own time. And I, I know I'm an Uber morning person, so it's rare that I'm going to be able to connect with someone at 5 a.m., but that's where my energy is. And that's where I could listen to a podcast or in some cases even listen to it again. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I I think what's really great in 2020 is that there's so many ways that we can transmit information. So as you mentioned, the podcast is great. We have people who really love to physically have a book where they can write notes and go back and review it again. Uh, You have people who like audiobooks. And like you said, there's, and there's even eBooks now. So um, who knows what, uh, you know, tomorrow's technology is going to look like, but it just seems like there's so many resources out there. Sometimes it's even information overload. So, so I'm glad that you said, go with your gut, talk to people, you know, who might have that background, but but also to understand that there are resources out there for you to use should you want to start your own business. Absolutely. And you can always see the people that you look up to with that business model and like sort of see well, what helped them? Like, what was their story? Do they provide any resources? Do they give any suggestions that you can follow up on? And that's what I would do. It just came to me too. One of the things that we did, like we, I didn't necessarily look at books on how, like the business structure of it, but I did read books related to like ideas and things like that. And one of the books, I think it's called like Contagious, but it just talks about like why certain ideas pick up or why this thing sold in the way that it did. And I think when you read those type of books, it opened my mind up to what the possibilities could be. And then I always, if I'm reading something, listening to something, take notes to think about, now how would I apply that to what we do? How do I take this idea that I just read and think about our business structure, our goals, and how would it look if we were to apply that here? And that's what we sort of did a lot of that. Wow. Dr. K-Mac, thank you so much. I mean, you are an amazing entrepreneur. Congratulations on your new business and best wishes on your future endeavors. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for just sharing those little nuggets of wisdom with us today. Thank you. This was great. All right. Thank you to our listeners for joining us. And you can learn more about these topics by signing up for the podcast by monthly newsletter. So again, thank you for joining us. Be safe and be well. For more information about our university, visit us at study at APU.com. APU, American Public University.